thanksgiving praises to your name. Father, we want you to burn away or whisk away the ash of our lives, our sin, so that our fire can burn brighter and brighter. Put more fuel on our fire on our fire today, Lord, through the person of your Holy Spirit. Even let there be cloven tongues of fire upon our head as we worship you and your holiness and in thankfulness for what you've done for us. Lord, today we're here to worship you. We're here to learn of you. We're here to grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, our Savior. We're here in obedience to your word, Lord, to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together, as is the habit of some, and even all the more as the time draws near. The time keeps drawing near every single day that goes by. And Lord, today, we want to hear from you. We want to become the men, the women, the children of God that you want us to be. And we want you to receive the glory for it. Because we're not worthy. Jesus is worthy. Because he took our sin upon himself. Paid the penalty, which is death. Eternal death. And he gave us eternal life. What's not to be happy about that? We may the joy of the Lord be on us today in this place, Lord, as we study your word and as we learn of you. To you be the glory. Let us hear what the Holy Spirit says to each one of us and let us apply it to our life as we leave this place today. Not to be the person we were when we came in here, but to come as we are, but leave differently. To live a different life and about faith. Turn around and go in your direction instead of the world's direction. In Jesus' name. And that will help the kingdom to come to this earth, which is your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, everybody. I just want to take time. I failed to do it. You may be seated. Uh, you know, I failed to do it. I wanted to re remind everybody or thank everyone. Not thank everybody. Wish them a happy Mother's Day. <laughs> How's that? On the internet and here today. I see several ladies here that have, have uh, our mothers, and I thank you. You know, where will we be without mothers? You know, you think, of, you think of God created woman from the rib of man. So man gave life to woman, but woman gives life back to men. And that's cool. See, it's a circle. You know, we, you know, we gave life, you gave, man gave life to you as God took the rib and formed a woman and breathed life into her, and then you give it back. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. So mothers are important, very important. So happy Mother's Day, all you ladies, and God bless you for, you know, there were years of trial and tor torture, and, and but love, and, uh, you know, what mother doesn't love their children. So we thank, thank God for you moms. Listen, for those online who just tuned in, we are Freedom Church of the Palm Beaches. I'm Pastor Joe Trapani, and we're glad you're here. Um, we're right in Lantana, Florida for your local 2810 High Paluxo Road, quarter mile west of I-95 on the north side of the road. Um, you can also tune into our services every week. You go to our website, Freedom Church, PB, stands for palmbeach.org. 
freedomchurchpb.org, and you can find out all about us. You can read our beliefs. You can find, you know, find out our address. You can see a list of our ministries that we have. You can watch past services from years back. You can also give online. There's a give button if you should want to help support this church. For those of you that are really part of this church online, we are your home church, so your tithes would go to your home church, gifts and offerings to the to ministries that you like to support. You know, we're all in this together. You know, we're supposed to be one church. There isn't just Methodist and Protestant and Lutheran and Catholic. You know, we're one church in Christ. Because that's the bottom line, the bottom line. And I say it all the time, and it's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first three to five verses. You know, Christ came, Christ died according to the Scriptures. He was buried, and He has risen three days according to the, after three days. That is our common bond. We may differ in the way we believe and interpret some Scriptures, but the common bond that makes us a church is right there. Death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we're all one in Christ Jesus. And I thank you for that, you know, for, for seeing what we're all about here at Freedom Church. Listen, we air every Sunday at 10, 10 a.m. So tune in every Sunday at 10 a.m. We do mostly expositional studies here. Not that we don't do topical. Today is a topical message. But I like teaching expositionally better. You can really dig for deep things in the Word. But, you know, God changes things around. So anyway, also Thursday nights we air, 7.15. So tune in every Thursday night at 7.15. You know, um, we'll, we'll see what book we're in. We, we did the first two chapters of uh, Philippians, and we're probably going to do uh, the other two as time goes on, maybe this week. Um, Listen, if you want to email me, if you have any questions, if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, you can email me, joe at freedomchurchpb.org. Just add joe at the beginning, and you can email to me. Um, and if you're local, come on, come on down and bring a friend with you. And uh, that's about it. We thank you. So, listen, today we're on a topical message, and because it's Mother's Day, I didn't really put together a Mother's Day message. I put together a message on that God has for us as a picture of women in the Bible, women in the New Testament days, I should say. You know, because so I have the nine women today that I would like to, to, um, to point them out and where they're located in Scripture and what, they, what gifts they may have from the Holy Spirit as they serve the living God. So nine examples of women ministers in the New Testament today. Listen, Paul spoke, the Apostle Paul, you know, you know who he was, okay? The Apostle Paul spoke of women teaching. Listen, people today say women shouldn't teach. I'm going to blow that apart today, okay? People, you know what, Paul pictures women preaching. Uh-oh, uh-oh, people don't believe that either. Paul talks about this. He talks about women evangelizing. Okay? He talks about women praying. And we think of that quite common with the women in the church. I believe a lot of ministries today that are active and strong are because there's a lot of women mostly praying behind the scenes. 
And there's also women in the Bible who prophesy. Okay, so Paul talks of women teaching, preaching, evangelizing, praying, and prophesying. Then, then we find scriptures like 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14. Let me read it to you. Chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 34 and 35. Thirty-four and thirty-five. Let the women keep silent in the church, for they are not permitted to speak. But let them subject themselves, just as the law also says. And if they desire to learn anything, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is improper for a woman to speak in the church. Isn't there a little contradiction here? It's really not a contradiction I'm going to show you here today. How can a woman teach, preach, evangelize, pray, and prophesy if she's quiet in the church? Doesn't make sense, does it? You need to know, women, are women really supposed to keep quiet in the church? And if so, what's the purpose? And is it to keep order? Well, let me say that passage right there that I just read, let me tell you that. If you go to the prior verses, you will find out that it is, the context is prophecy. Prophecy. So really, you know, instead of judging prophecy, we're, 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 to, find, we're to, um, you know, the women are to be subjective or submissive to what the leadership of the church judges regarding the words of prophecy. In other words... The women are supposed to submit to the church. Now, what that is, this is, doesn't go on in every church, but it goes on in some churches. And obviously, the Corinthian church had a big problem. And some of their problem was just this. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 11 through 13, so just turn back to the left a little bit, to the first chapter of Corinthians. Okay, in the, in the uh, 11th and 13th verse. For who among men knows the thoughts of men? Wait a minute. I'm 1 Corinthians. I'm in chapter 2. Sorry. For I have, in, I have been informed concerning you, my brethren, by Chloe's people, that there are quarrels among you. Now I mean this that each one of you is saying, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, and I am of Cephas, or Peter, and I am of Christ. Has Christ been divided? Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Or were you baptized into the name of Paul? See, there was a problem going on in the, Christ, in the Corinthian church. As we know, if you study Scripture at all, the Corinthian church had big problems. And because they had big problems, the churches today are learning and gleaning information from how Paul, through the Holy Spirit, you know, um, helped them. And today it's profitable for us. So how can a woman prophesy, preach, teach, pray, and evangelize if she's to keep quiet in the church? See, the problem is they misinterpreted the prophecy. So when there was a prophecy said in a church, the women must have been gabbing with each other, and the, the Paul was saying, keep quiet, go home and ask your, your husbands. 
because you're to keep quiet in the church. Not that they're supposed to shut up, but to keep quiet. Keep the, the gossip, the contentions, the, the envies, the strifes under wrap. You know, keep it out of, out of the situation. That's what it is. And actually, and when in a verse I just read you in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, let the woman keep silent in the church. Listen, do you know that in other places of Scripture, let the women keep silent? can be also and is also interpreted five times that I know of in the New Testament to be peaceable or to be peace. So this verse could really read, let the women um, keep be peaceable or hold their peace in the churches. In other words, hold your peace till you go home. With the prophecy that just came by, you ask your husbands at home because the husbands are supposed to be the spiritual leaders of the family. Now, this may not work for men that aren't, aren't the spiritual leaders in their family. It is the command from God that the man take the spiritual lead in the family. That doesn't mean that the women are to keep quiet and don't say a word. They got input. They got insights. They're as intelligent as you, if not more intelligent. So, five times in the Scriptures, and I'm going to give them to you, Acts chapter 22, verse 2, 1 Corinthians 14, 28, 1 Timothy 2, 11 and 12, 1 Peter 2, 15, Revelation 8, 1. That same word that was translated, keep quiet, also means hold your peace, or be peaceable, or peace. So listen, I think that's what Paul's saying here. I think it's a bad interpretation of Scripture. I think it should be, let your women hold peace in the churches. And what, how they do that? By not coming against the prophecies that were spoken and accepted by the leadership of the church. You know, like our leadership, if you went online and found out what we believe in, we believe all the gifts of the Spirit are active for today. We believe that there's, you know, you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We believe that there's separate baptisms. There's the baptism of repentance in water, and there's a baptism in the Holy Spirit where He saturates you. Not just lives in the, the heart, your heart, but He saturates this entire body. And Paul's a perfect example of that. You couldn't keep him quiet if you shut him up in a dungeon in Philippi. You couldn't keep him and Silas quiet. In that place, you couldn't keep Paul silent when he's chained to Roman soldiers in Rome writing five books of the New Testament. Paul is not saying, do not dis... Paul is saying in the church, do not disrupt the meeting concerning prophecy. Ask your husbands when you go home to avoid the chatter. To avoid the chatter. There must have been a really big problem in that. And even if we go to Chloe, I just read it, it says right there, and, and she's the ninth person, the ninth woman in our study today, Chloe. She had a church in her house. Let me read it to you. For it has been declared unto me, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. I believe one of them was over this prophecy, stated that Paul's addressing in chapter 14. Now I say this, that every one of you, that there are contentions among you, 
Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos. In other words, Paul led you to Christ, so you're saying, I'm, fo- I'm a follower of Paul. Some are saying, well, I'm a follower of Apollos, because he led you to the Lord and baptized you, maybe. And then, I'm, you know, I'm of Peter. You know, hey, I'm, I'm of Peter. I'm a, I'm, you know, Peter led me to Christ. He says, you know, and other people were saying, I'm of Christ. Which one's right? Listen, Paul answered that question. You know, he says, was Paul crucified for you? Hey, was, was Apollos crucified for you? Was Peter crucified for you? No, Jesus was crucified for you. You aren't of these leaders. You aren't. If I led you to Christ, for example, you're not of me. You're of Christ. You're of Christ. Quit fighting. These are contentions that were going on. They were envy. I'm better than you because Peter led me to the Lord. Oh, I'm better than you because Paul led me to the Lord. This is nonsense. It shouldn't even be in the church. It's nonsense. You know, church is about Jesus Christ, him crucified, dead, buried, and resurrected. That's it. You know what? Well, I focus on those things. I don't care what color. You know, if the ladies want to paint these, these walls pink, paint them pink. I don't care. A mom's job is to preach the gospel up here, you know. And these things weren't going on in the in the Philippian or the Corinthian church. They had big, big problems, as you well know if you've been a Christian for very long. So I just wanted to get that out of the way as we move into to um, the women part of this church, you know, because. How can you, really, how can you do this? It's impossible for them to teach, to preach, to evangelize, to pray, and to to prophesy if they have to keep quiet in the church. Who, what woman would even want to go to church if they couldn't say a word? I wouldn't blame them. You know what God's about? Bringing people into the church, not casting them out. He wants to bring them in so that they can find salvation, eternal life, through His Son Jesus, who came and died for you. It's a big stretch to say the women are to be quiet in the church and then to say they're, uh, they should be able to teach, preach, evangelize, pray, and prophesy. It's a big stretch to say the women have to keep quiet in the church. You Somewhere along the line, you're out of context, somewhere. And I believe probably it's right here where I said, because the first Corinthians chapter 1, where Chloe is talked about, we see that that there are contentions in the church. So, women, then, are not excluded from any of God's promises or callings merely because of their sex. You know what? One of the men in our Bible study weeks back said to me, Pastor Joe, are, are women to... Uh, be able to preach in the church or preach and evangelize and do all these things. And I said, absolutely. I said, wait, wait a minute. If you take the Christian church and say there's, there's 2 billion Christian men and there's 2 billion Christian women, okay, and they're supposed to keep quiet, but these guys are allowed to preach and teach and, and prophesy and, and pray and evangelize, but these aren't. Do you realize you just cut the, the, the army in half? You just cut God's army in half because women aren't supposed to preach and teach and evangelize. Nonsense. 
God wants everybody. You know, there's scripture in the Bible says, you know, and I'll, I'll be coming to it shortly. Uh, it's Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. We are all one in Christ. So if you take the women and say, you can't evangelize, you can't prophesy, you can't preach, you can't teach, you just cut the army of the Lord in half. So what am I supposed to do? If I was in the literal army of the United States, and of course you know I was, okay, if we train soldiers, and a lot of those soldiers are women today, you know, my daughter-in-law spent eight years in the United States Army with two, cor two tours of Iraq. You mean to tell me I'm to say you aren't allowed to touch a rifle? Just sit there and let them bomb you. No way. That's nonsense. It's stupidity. It's, that's uh, no common sense whatsoever. Those women are needed to evangelize because you know what? They, get, they go in women's groups and they talk this and talk that and they talk about Jesus and lead each other to Christ. You just cut the army in half. You know, so women are able to talk in the church. Women are able to war. You know, when the devil sees uh, a saint of God, I don't think he really cares or recognizes that you're a male or a female. You know what he cares about? Please don't quote the Word of God to me. That's what he's thinking. There's neither male nor female. There's no race distinctions with God. Just because you're a woman, you're going to go to a lower place in heaven than, than a man is? Or something like that. That's nonsense. There's nowhere, nothing found in Scripture about that at all. Women are the same as me. I've ministered with probably three times as many women than I have with men. I'm telling you, worked alongside of women. And I'll tell you what, I've seen men that were more cowardice than many women. They have more, more faith, I guess you could say. They know how to swing the sword of the Spirit around and take down demonic forces. I've seen that many times. God looks at the heart. He doesn't look at your sex, does He? We're going to see that as we move through these, these women. Women are not excluded from any of God's promises. As a matter of fact, Many times in the Bible when you see the word men or man, it should be mankind. It should be appropriate translation on many of those words would be mankind. Did you know that a woman is a kind of a man? Did you know that? She's of the same, like, you know, let the, let the trees produce trees of the same kind. Let the dogs produce dogs of the same kind. You know, may, let, you know, Women are not excluded because of their sex. Many times in the Bible, as I said, it, the man, word man should have been translated mankind. Do you know, and, and I said, man, woman is a kind of man, isn't she? She was taken, I mentioned it in the prayer. God took the rib of Adam and fashioned him a woman. She's a kind of a man. You know what the, the only difference is? She has a womb, and you don't, men. But she's a man. She's mankind, and therefore she is, she is able to claim everything a man can claim. Jesus is the one that brought equality to women. Even in the United States of America, women couldn't even vote up until a certain time. Women, if you were black, don't get in the swimming pool. 
You got to if you ride on a bus, you got to sit in the back or on one side. Nonsense. That black, red, green, purple person has the same inside internal part, you know, parts that I have. You know why? Because they were fashioned by God, and God loves His creation. And women are able to war. Women are able to pray. Women are able to evangelize. They are able to teach, to preach, and they are able to prophesy. Therefore, God has no discrimination. And the Bible tells us many times there is no discrimination with God. So for you men that are, what do they call that when you're, when you're um, just, just about man, is your ego Chauvinist, that's it. I get, I get stuck on that word. You're a chauvinist. You know what? Put your chauvinistic side away, man, because women are active in the scriptures, and you're going to see. And if you've been a Christian for a while, you've seen other women ministers out there. You know, I've had them in my life. You got right now. You got Joyce Meyer. I'm going to compare her to a couple in this Bible called Apilla, Aquila and Priscilla. I know, I you know, take, uh, um, what's her name? I used to know a lady, let's go back to this, but uh, I used to know a lady, her name was Ruth Fisher. She was gifted for with the gifts of healing. She was about 98 pounds soaking wet. She was probably about five feet tall, that's it. My mother one time, my mother went about 220 pounds in the, typical Italian woman, about 220 pounds, and was about the, maybe a little taller than Ruth. And what, that little woman laid her hands on my mother, and my mother went back like she was going to fall down. And that, that she, you know, Ruth was so frail, she couldn't push my mother over. She was anointed by God. And you know what? She was mentored under Catherine Coleman. And if you don't know about Catherine Coleman, she was one of the most powerful evangelist healers in the United States of America back about, you know, 80 years ago. Unbelievable. I even knew people that were healed through her ministry. Of course, it wasn't her that healed. It was the Lord Jesus Christ. If she would have kept quiet in the church, there would be a lot less people in the church today just by those two women. Women are able to teach, preach, prophesy, evangelize, and pray. Out loud in the church. Don't keep them quiet. So a woman is mankind, only she has a womb. I could give you verses on where it should have been translated uh, mankind, like in Job 12, 9 and 10. And the breath of all mankind. That means men, women, flesh, anything that's a flesh of man, your children. James 3, 7. It says here, you know, that every kind of beast, bird, creeping things, and things in the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. My wife trained our little puppy to sit down. I couldn't get her to do it, but Liz can do it. You know why? Because she's a mankind. My puppy wouldn't know how to sit down if it wasn't for Liz. See what I mean? It's kind of simple, but it's true. Don't forget the common sense when you read Scripture. 
Also, Revelation chapter 20, and the rest of mankind who were not killed with these plagues repented. Mankind, men, women, children, anything is of the same flesh, whether you're red, yellow, black, white, purple, green, if you're flesh, if you're a man or a woman, you are mankind. So women are allowed to prophesy and teach in the Scriptures. I want to go to, we start looking at a couple women here. God, first of all, before we get to that, here's God's original purpose. In Genesis 1, 26 and 28, the commandment to have dominion over and subdue the earth was given both to Adam and Eve, not just Adam. They were both to rule and reign over God's creation, both of them, because they are mankind. Their very act of subduing something requires authority, aggressiveness, and leadership, as well as humility, tenderness, patience, and the ability to respect what you are ruling over. In other words, no iron fist rolling. Uh, no, not to rule with an iron fist, but be meek and humble. Here's nine examples. We got Phoebe, Romans chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. I'll read it from the Bible. Romans chapter 16. To the left a little bit again. Romans. Romans 16, 1 and 2. I commend you, our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church which is in Sanchia, that you receive her in the Lord in many manner worthy of the saints. See, this woman is worthy to be a saint, okay? Um that and that you help her in whatever matter she may have need of you. In other words, she's taking lead here. Can you see that? She's to take lead. Paul's saying, I want you to treat her worthy as a saint, that she may, that she may have need of you. She's going to be, be over whoever she's going to see. For she herself has also been a helper of many and of myself as well. So she, she was a helper, but she's also a leader in the church. She can rule over men. Hey, uh, you put this there, put that there, whatever it, whatever it is. This woman is a leader. And she helped many people, and she also helped the Apostle Paul to the point where he recognized that she is a born leader, but she's a woman. Actually, a lot of, a lot of com commentators, biblical commentators, actually say that Phoebe was a deaconess in the church of Sanchia. And she was loved by Paul and many other Christians. So, yes, are they able to have deaconesses in the church? Absolutely. I thought they were supposed to keep quiet in the church. How can you be a deaconess and keep quiet in the church?
she filled an important position in leadership. She was able to lead and she was able to serve. It's a difficult stretch to imagine and say that a woman fulfilled her duties without being able to speak and without being able to um, serve in the church. It's a difficult stretch. Priscilla. Priscilla, Acts chapter 18, verse 26. I'm going to read it right from my notes. But if you want to turn there, that's fine. Priscilla, Acts 18, 26 and onward. Now a certain Jew named Apollos, an Alexandrian by race, an eloquent man, came to Ephesus, and he was mighty in the Scriptures. This man had been instructed in the Lord, the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and he taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogues, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and expounded unto him the way of God more accurately. More accurately. Listen. Aquila, you know, in this case, only one time in the Scripture is Aquila mentioned before Priscilla. Only one time. Most of the time it's Priscilla and then Aquila, her husband. I believe she took the lead here. She was the lead teacher and preacher and evangelizer, and her husband supported her ministry. That's what I see out of this passage. I see her taking the lead and her husband supporting her. Because let's face it, guys, some women are better eloquently than we are. Some aren't. There's ministries today. I talked to you. I was going to mention Joyce Meyer. This is the way I look about Joyce Meyer. I don't listen to her. I have listened to her parts here and there. All I know is she leads the ministry by teaching, but her husband is behind the scenes. He's supporting her. He, pray, he most likely has the lead in the ministry. But she is the spokesperson. Did you know that when you say, you, when you go to Moses in the Bible, you know, and you think he, he brought these commands and brought all the plagues on Egypt, it wasn't him, it was God. But you know what? Moses didn't speak. He wasn't eloquent of speaking. He stuttered. You know who did the speaking? Aaron, his brother. His brother did the speaking because he was more eloquent. Moses wasn't. But Moses was in charge. But Aaron did the speaking. You see the difference? So who's credited with the service? Not Aaron, it's, it's Moses. You know, being able to listen to God. It was Moses. God told Moses what to do and how to do it. You know, throw your staff on the ground. And, of course, he threw the staff on the ground. It turned into a viper. And then God said, pick it up by the tail. And he picked it up by the tail, returned to the staff again. God's saying, listen, I'm in control here. You just do what I say. But Aaron spoke it out. Romans 16, 3 through 5, Salute Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ. This is Paul talking. Who for my, my life laid down their own necks. Listen, Paul's telling you that these people were willing to die for him. 
Aquila and Priscilla. Paul saying they're fellow workers. They're fellow workers. Verse 5. And salute the church that is in their house. Now, now we find out that they have a house church, a home church. Do you know that probably 95% of the churches in America were started in a home? This church started in a home. Some maybe 100 years ago. Some maybe 200. Some maybe last week. Listen, these people, Aquila and Priscilla, were willing to die for Paul. You say that a woman isn't strong enough for that? Baloney. This woman is strong. Strong woman, and I'm sure she has the lead. They're heroes, really. Both of them. But, you know, they were a team. They're a team. 1 Corinthians 16, 19, the churches of Asia salute you, Aquila and Priscilla. Do you see her names always before her husband? Only one time. I'll show you that as we move on. Listen, she has the lead. She's the spokesperson. She's probably the preacher. She's probably the teacher or the evangelizer. Her husband, obviously, is working with her behind the scenes like God worked behind the scenes of Moses. And, and Aaron worked behind the, under the scenes of Moses, too. Okay, so we see that. They started a church in their house. Priscilla and her husband are often mentioned with great respect. So they're fellow workers. They're heroes. They're mentioned with self-respect. They're most likely co-pastors. But then again, Priscilla's probably taken the more the bigger lead in this, in the, uh, in this, as far as teaching goes. Say so actually taught Apollos. Apollos was an eloquent speaker, as we just read. They had to correct him. And you know what was good about that? Apollos, you can see the humility. He submitted to that, and he understood the Scriptures, and he immediately agreed. And he began to teach more accurately because Priscilla and Aquila taught him and took, and, you know, took time to teach. So there's the gift of teaching again. In fact, Priscilla is sometimes listed ahead of Aquila in their names which is, you know, like I said earlier. And I believe that was done so that we can understand that Priscilla was the, the uh, primary teacher in this relationship. So here they are, a woman, fellow worker, a hero, because she was willing to die for Paul and for Christ. They're co, her and her husband, co pastors in a home church. They were well-respected, and they were teachers to the great Apollos that evangelized. Then we got a woman named Euodia and Syntyche in Philippians chapter 2, verses chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. I beseech Elodius, and I beseech Syntyche, that they be of one mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with many my fellow laborers whose names are in the book. Here, Paul is referencing two women, and they are true yoke fellows. 
That means, you know, when you're in a yoke, you know, you're, you're supposed to, you know, you're yoked together. You're going in one direction. You're, you're focused. You're going straight. So that's what these, these women are doing. And they labored with Paul in the advancement of the gospel. How can you do that, labor with Paul in the advancement of the gospel, if you're supposed to not speak in the church? Like I said, it's a big stretch. And I don't believe it's able to be, be seen that way at all. There's another woman, number five. Her name is Junia, which is a woman's name. Any name that ends in an A, you know, is, is, is a woman. Now, some passages put a different ending on her name, and they say it's a man. But I don't believe it's a man at all. Salute. Idronius and you and Junia, probably husband and wife, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners, who are to note among to be a note among the apostles who were in Christ before me. In this verse we see Paul sending greetings to Andronius and Junia, his fellow prisoners, who are of Noted, note, among the apostles. They're a note. They, they are well respected as the apostles if they are not apostles themselves. The church, I believe, today, a lot of churches today don't believe there are apostles. I disagree immensely. Immensely disagree. I saw one in action in, in uh, Guatemala back in the 90s. This, you know, we used to go, we, were, we went on a mission trip, I don't know, about 10 days to Guatemala, and a couple of years later we went back again. But we went to, this, the, and, and to these churches in Guatemala, and we went from church to church to church, probably went to about ten different churches and a bunch of different homes. And one day there shows up this young man. He was probably about my height, skinny, you know, and uh, I said to the missionary who was leading us and taking us around to these churches, I said, who's that? He says, he's... He's the apostle that started these churches. We, he started, a, he's like 25 years old. He started about 30 churches in Brazil. And that's what apostle does. He goes out. He's a, he goes out. He sent a, he's a sent one. He went out and started churches. And what he did, the same thing as the apostle Paul. He went from church to church to church to church, checking on them and giving them new insights and new, you know, scriptural insights. And I said, he's an apostle. This guy's an apostle. Going out. But a lot of people today, listen, if you're a true apostle, you don't need to go around bragging about it. They'll figure it out. Like I figured out that guy. No, he's an apostle. He's probably still doing it. We went back two years later. Those churches were still doing the same thing. Even the lady that was a uh, witch doctor's wife got saved. She was still in the church two or three years later serving the Lord in the church. These two, this woman, Junia, most likely and could possibly have been an apostle herself. Some people may not agree with that, but that's okay. It's all about Jesus. He came, he died, he's buried, and he is risen. She most likely is an apostle along with her husband and a spiritual senior for many years. She was well-respected. 
Paul says, and I forget the passage, uh, that that she's been saved longer than him is the way I read the passage. But um, I don't see that here right now. I must have left that out of my notes. No church commentator early than the, you know, the Middle Ages questions that Junia was a woman. They don't question that she was a woman, and they do not question that she was an apostle in the Middle Ages. Okay, so why would she not be an apostle today? as seen by the earlier church a thousand years back. There's a woman that we don't know her name. I believe she was the first evangelist. She's not named, but she's known as the woman at the well. In John chapter 4, you can read the whole chapter. It's all about her. In verse 28, the woman, after speaking with Jesus, she left her water pot that she went to get water. She left it there. She was so excited. She went her way into the city and said to the men, Come and see a man which told me all things I ever did. Is this not the Christ or the Messiah? Listen, this woman was before Jesus was acknowledged as, as the Messiah. He went to the well. He spoke to this woman, and she was a Samaritan, and a Jew don't talk to Samaritans. See, you see no partiality with God. He spoke to her. He pointed out some of her sin, which gave her conviction to the point where she believed that he was the Messiah. She went into the city. She spread it around to all the men that she, this man could be the Christ. And all the women, all the men went out to the city and they heard Jesus speak. And Jesus, they said to the woman, they said, we no longer believe because you said so, because we heard. She was the first evangelist, that if I see in the scriptures. And Lydia is the next one. Lydia. She provided for the apostles food, clothing, shelter, and a place to worship. Acts chapter 16, verse 40. And they went out of prison. Paul was in prison in Philippi, if you remember right. When he got out of prison, you remember him and Silas were chained to the, in the inner dungeon to the wall, and at midnight they began to sing praises to God. And as they sang praises to God, the chains fell off, the doors were unlocked, not just in his, his room, but in all of the prison. All the prisoners were hearing them praising God, and there was a great earthquake, and all the chains fell off, and all the doors were opened, and everybody stayed there and worshipped with Paul and Silas. Nobody escaped. The centurion was ready to kill himself, and Paul said, we're all here. Don't kill yourself. And he led them to the Lord Jesus. He said, you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. After Paul left that situation, he went to Lydia's house where he was strengthened and got food and clothing and shelter and a place to worship the Lord. She has the gift of hospitality and giving. How can you give and be hospitable if you're not allowed to speak in a church? It's a big stretch, I'm telling you. It's a big stretch. I know the chauvinist men are probably cringing in their boots right now, but you know what? Too bad. I'm just a messenger. 
And I believe this is true. It's impossible for a woman to be a teacher, a preacher, an evangelist, a prayer warrior, and a prophesy, a prophet, if she has to keep quiet in a church. It just can't be possible. It's not possible. This is common sense. Here, let's we'll talk about Lydia some more. Acts chapter 13. Um, I'm sorry, it's Acts chapter 16, verses 13 through 15. And on the Sabbath day, they went out of the city by the river where prayer wa was wont to be made. And we sat down and spoke unto the women who resorted there. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, purple was very expensive item. She was obviously wealthy. A, purple, a seller of purple of the city of Tyrus, and it's one of the churches in Revelation. Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, and she attended to the things which were spoken by Paul. And when she had ba was baptized in her whole household, she besought us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and abide there. And she constrained us, or she allowed, allowed us. Listen, this was prior to him getting out of prison. She was doing this before Paul was at her house and Silas was at her house, before they were thrown in jail. Then there was a woman named Nympha, N-Y-M-P-H-A, Colossians chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. Here's the God's Word translation. Greet our brothers and sisters in Laodicea, especially Nympha, and the church that meets in her house. Wow. Another house church. She's meeting. She's most likely leading it. She, we don't see anybody else mentioning here. And when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the churches of Laodiceans, and that ye likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. See, Paul sent other letters out which haven't been carried through antiquity. But listen, this woman led a house church. She most likely was the pastor. Now, if you're the pastor of the church, how big do you think your church would be if you weren't allowed to speak in the church? Common sense, right? She's the pastor of the church, but if she wasn't allowed to speak, then why, there wouldn't be a church. It's gone. Common sense. Just common sense. Then, of course, there's Chloe, which I talked to you earlier. This is what really turned me on to figure out that, because that passage always bothered me. Let the woman keep silent in the church. How can it be when we know of all these women? You know, if you know the Scriptures, you know of all these women. They were great women of God who loved the Lord Jesus with all their heart, who gave their hearts over to Him. And they were baptized, and they served the apostles even unto death. Some of them themselves were apostles. Some of them were teachers. Some of them were preachers. You know what? Do you know that the apostle, no, Philip the evangelist, do you know that he had four daughters that were virgins 
And they were also prophetesses. They were virgins and they were prophetesses. Listen, why would God ordain a prophetess if she had to keep her mouth shut? It's impossible. It's impossible. So you better open up your hearts and your minds to understand that that passage was talking about whatever the prophecy, remember I told you the context was prophecy in, in 1 Corinthians 14. The context is prophecy. So when a prophecy is said, the women are to keep quiet if they don't understand it, ask their husbands when they go home, and submit to the acceptance of that prophecy by the leadership of the church that they are in. And it's that, I believe it's that simple. So, we're going we're gonna to end here. Women, if women are, not, are cut off from teaching, preaching, evangelizing, praying, and prophesying, there would be a great gap in Christianity, wouldn't there? Probably to the tune of 50 to 60%. We need all the help that we can get in the Christian church, and God isn't about to divide it because a woman, is a woman and a man is a man. What was his prayer when remember he told us? Pray that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants it done. He wants peace. Men and women are to do. We have men and women because God wanted us to replenish, to plenish the earth. We need all the help we can get, so the army of God includes women, just like the army of the United States, you know, includes women. I believe in one of the nations, I believe it's Finland. No, my, no, and it's Israel too. Do you know that women had to be, when they reach a certain age, had to go spend one year in the army? And I think it's in Finland too. Women are required. Women are just as brave as men, if not braver. Our church needs all the help we can get because we're, we're losing this battle. I've mentioned it many times over the years. Jesus set up a plan. Go, therefore, and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and, lo, I'm with you always. He said, you go out and make a disciple. That's a learner, a believer that learns. Okay, that believer is supposed to lead one to Christ. The person that led him to Christ lead one to Christ. This is how people make multi-billions of dollars in the scamming industry. They make multi-billion dollars because you lead one to Christ, they lead one to Christ. Now you've got three people leading people to Christ. Then the fourth one leads one person to Christ. It gets quadruples. I mentioned, I mentioned uh, years ago, and maybe even recently, um, if I gave you a penny and doubled it every day of the month, if I gave you one penny and doubled it, and I said, I'll, at the end of the 30 days, I'll give you a penny doubled for 30 days, or I will give you $200,000 cash right now. Think about this. One penny doubled for 30 days, okay? Or I'll give you $200,000 right now. Which one would you take? Most people say, give me the 200000 I want it now. 
But do you know a penny doubled in 30 days is $5,368,709.12. You know that? We're supposed to make wise choices in our life. In our life. That's Jesus' plan to evangelize the earth. If mankind in the Christian church was doing what Jesus said, this earth would be classified Christian in probably less than six months. But so far it's been 2,000 years because we're failing. And then you want to throw out the women because they're women and they can't preach, teach, evangelize, pray, and prophesy in the church. It doesn't make common sense. God is a lot and more intelligent than that. Therefore, to shut women up in the church is a demonic attack. And it has been successful in a lot of religious and legalistic churches. And it's, it's a shame. It's really a shame. And don't fall into that trap. Women are called to do anything a man is called to do. Because there's no, there's neither male nor female. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. We are all one in Christ. Just because you're a woman doesn't give you a lesser value than a man. I tell everybody, you ladies are a $300,000 red Corvette convertible. And men, you're a $300,000 tank. You're just a bulldozer and she's a classy woman who loves God. And God sees us both with the same price. He loves us all. And therefore, he sent his son Jesus to die for you. So that's that's it for today. But if any of you don't know Jesus is your Savior, whether you're over the Internet or on the air, you need to start over. You know, a lot of us would like to start over our lives and get a new start. Jesus said, you must be born again. You got a new start. I was born again when I was 27 years old. I was a, I was a drunk. I was foul. I was vicious. Um, and now... I'm not that same person. Once I received Jesus as my Savior, I came as I was, and he didn't like the way I was, so he started making changes in me. And I said, wow, these are great. And I loved every minute of it, and to this very day, I do the same. You can have a new start just by being accepting Christ as your Savior, and you can, you can be born again into a new, um, even though you're the same person, your insides are going to change. You come to Jesus as you are, but you won't stay as you are if you truly mean it. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord, believe in your heart. Listen, very important. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Not this. You will miss heaven by 18 inches from here to here. God wants your heart. He doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. So if any of you need Jesus as your Savior, let's pray after me. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I just learned, Lord God, that I'm a valuable vessel. I'm a male, I'm a woman. And I found out that you love us. And I found out that you sent your son. And I found out, Lord God, that I could be born again. 
I can have your Holy Spirit live within me and make, give me a second chance at life. And we need, I need your help, Lord, to do so. I believe that Jesus came. I believe that he was crucified. I believe that he was buried according to the scriptures. And I believe that he rose on that third day. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Forgive my sin and hear my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, church. I love you all.